we feel like we like the underdog. So and we like that, and that's how we try to play as well too. Try to build a brotherhood. It's like you could come talk to me. So if my teammates come to talk to me, I open up and I calm down, and I relax, and I go back out there and let's play ball. He was just like peanut. I'm just like, who are you talking to? And he just like I'm talking to you with that peanut head. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome into the lounge. We didn't get the boo. <laughs> That's what I'm warming it up. Yeah. Warming it up. We didn't get it this past weekend, but there's a lot more wins to come. Yeah. Hopefully this Sunday, starting against the Browns. Just to, we're going to get into our interview real quick, but as a, as a quick recap of the game, I think I probably spent maybe 30 minutes kind of upset about that game. But then when you really think about it and you take a step back, no one predicted. I didn't think the Ravens were going to go 16-0. And if you're going to lose a game, this is a game to lose. You're on the road yeah. against maybe the best team in the league. Um, you lose by five points. And it's a game where Lamar didn't have his best day. Wasn't that sharp early. Um, a bunch of calls went against a you. A bunch of calls went against you. A bunch of close calls. Yeah, like just one of those. And, and not just the, the close calls, but close calls on incredibly impactful plays. Like you get called for a pass interference. That well, no, takes I'm away not saying pass just like referees. I'm talking like like come within a finger tip oh, yeah. of, of making a play or not making a play. Right, but even just on the officiating thing, and I'm not I'm not blaming the refs exclusively mm-hmm. for this game, but like you have a pass interference call that could have gone the other way and takes away an interception, <laughs> leads to a touchdown. Yep. You have a 45 yard run taken off the board by a holding. You have a key first down to come away because of a pass interference, offensive pass interference call on a handoff. Um, So all of those things were impactful. And so you lose that game. Um, I just don't think it's one that you let linger, to be honest, like even as a fan. I think it's been interesting to hear from the team about how that this loss could benefit them. Like there's a lot of film studying going on after this one. Things that, you know, they said, Maybe you let them slide in a win. You don't let them slide after this. It's a little bit of a wake-up call and motivates you a little bit. So I've been happy with what I've seen from the Ravens and the way that they've responded to that loss in KC. I think the defense was ticked off. Like, if if you're going to be critical, the defense didn't have a a great day, and and not many people have great days. Not many defense have great days against against Patrick Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, But they feel like there's some things that they need to clean up, and, and they're working on that. So, So with that, let's talk to one of the leaders of this defense and welcome in Patrick Peanut Owasso. You know, I know you've told this, you've been asked this a bunch of times, you've told this story a bunch of times, but for podcast listeners out there who haven't heard the story of where you got your nickname, because there's probably still a few people out there, tell us the story behind it. Yeah, I got my nickname from my uh, my basketball coach um, when I was little, playing basketball, um, just running around on the court, and uh, he was just like, Peanut, I'm just like... Who are you talking to? And he's just like, I'm talking to you with that peanut head. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it kind of stuck with me since I was little, um, all the way through middle school, elementary, college. And so now uh, I know a lot of my teachers growing up, like uh, the attendance sheet, they wouldn't even say my name. They would just say peanut. And then some people don't even know my real name. They just call me peanut. So it just it stuck <laughs> with me. You know what I'm saying that was it. Well, I think also I think also part of it is that your last name is a little tricky to pronounce. Yes. So yeah. so just saying peanut makes it easy. Makes it way easier. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how 
I don't even understand what's a peanut looking head look like. I mean, how does a head look like a peanut? Uh, just kind of way it's kind of shaped. Uh, it's kind of I had a small, like a really small head. Like if I was to cut my hair, you guys would be like, I see why they call you peanut. <laughs> <laughs> is that why you keep your hair? That's long? why I keep my hair long. Yeah. Well, what's kind of funny is you have like your own merch now, right? Mm-hmm. And it's your head yeah. on the merch, so you kind of like made this in your peanut head into like a money maker now. Yeah, try to. Uh, <laughs> Guys, go on my website, patrickobasa.com, and uh, support nice my plug. foundation. Yeah, yeah. support your foundation. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. It is a cool logo. Yeah. It's well, pretty sweet. Well, the, just the last thing on this, too, is that it's become like your brand, too, like the punch. Yeah, the peanut so, punch. So now yeah. when you come out of the tunnel or you get a sack, you make a big play, the peanut punch is part of your brand. Yep, yep, it is part of my brand. Yep, exactly right. All right, so we, we also have to talk about uh, the council because – when we were getting you for this interview, you also said, well, maybe I might have to come down here with the council uh, and roll four deep here. Uh, that did not happen, but I still do want to talk about the council. And um, first, how did it start? Uh, it started just like, just, I'm not going to talk about who gave us the name, but it just was us four guys um, just always doing everything together, um, coming to workouts together going to meetings, doing everything together, um, just people that, that we believe in and just trust. And we kind of, like, bonded over the years being here. Just, like, a, a lot of people ask, like, how are you guys so close? And um, you guys came in different times. Well, me and Judon came in at the same time. When we got here, Veen was here, and then TJ came a little bit later on. But um, we looked up to Veen, first of all. So Veen kind of showed us the way um, coming into coming into the game, just telling us, like, Look, man, you guys want to make this team. You guys got to play special teams. You got to contribute to special teams. And then uh, TJ came along and just um, just came on being a leader. Uh, and we all kind of bonded together. We trusted each other. And uh, it's just friendship. We talk about a lot of stuff outside of football. And I think that's what really brought, brought us closer because we talk about family situations or any type of situations going off the field just for, like, um, just for us helping helping each other off the field. So, and then somebody was like, man, you guys are like the council. So it just somebody it just it just it just stuck with us and then um yeah, I feel like just a brotherhood, trust, tr- a little trust, trust thing for me, I feel like, and then uh that's probably really it. And just to clarify to everybody out there, the members of the council, it's you, Matthew Judon, Anthony Levine, and Tony Jefferson. Those are the four. And, and part of it too that from what I understand is like most of which are, are late round or undrafted guys. You know, you kind of all have that chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Well, TJ being undrafted, me being undrafted. Um, Judon fifth round. Judon being fifth round, Levine being undrafted. Uh, we right. all got that. We all got that chip on our shoulder. So we feel like we like the underdog. So and we like that, and that's how we try to play as well, too. Well, I, you know what. You know, Tony kind of, by the time he came here, he'd already signed the big contract. So that's kind of like, yeah. you know, like, I don't know that's, if I still put that chip see, on his shoulder. There's some dollar bills on that shit. <laughs> yeah, but we, still, we, we, we have to give him a pass because he still he still went through that tough road that okay. that that I went through, Levine went through, and uh, Judon just going fifth round. He feel like he could have went a little bit higher. Just uh, all of us, we went through something. So I think that's probably... Well, it's funny too because you guys kind of have an attitude of like it's kind of like a fight club. Like you don't talk about fight club. You kind of have that attitude with the council. Like we were trying to ask Marlon about it because he has made it known that he wants to be on the council. 
And he's kind of like, well, the first rule about the council is I can't talk about the council. Correct. Oh, man. Marlon, he getting some brownie points right now. Oh, oh see, yeah. I'm helping his case. Yeah, you Do you think he's going to be on there by the time the season's over? Uh, he's still I'm saying his application is still getting approved. <laughs> him, and, him and Deshaun, but uh, they're working on oh, it. They're Deshaun, going, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well Marlon's a first-round pick, so that's uh, some demerits yeah. for him in that category. Uh, <laughs> All right. What, what, what do they have to do to earn it? Uh, trust. I'm saying – same thing I said. Come be on. Come to workouts early. The same time we be there. Uh, just little things like that. Just just be around us. Be around us. Um, talk to us about stuff off the field, your personal life, so that way we can help you guys. Um, and just little stuff like that. All right. So let's talk a little football. Uh, Sunday's game against the Chiefs, obviously, you know, disappointing. Now you go into a big game against the Browns. How do you shake that one off? And and does it linger for a long time, or do you get over it pretty quickly? <sighs> they say shake it off, but with me it lingers just a, just a little bit longer than it, than it's supposed to. Um, I feel like that was a tough game to lose, um, but uh, it, it lingers a little bit. But you supposed to shake it off. Now we wait for uh, for Cleveland, um, and now we're starting a game plan for Cleveland. You know that game is crazy. They always talk about like football is a game of inches. No play illustrates that more than that one pass. You were like inches away from having that pick, man. It was less than yeah. inches, yeah, centimeters. Yeah, that that one. Still kind of dream about it, but it hurts a little bit. Just try to, just try to, just try to overcome it. Uh, and don't think, don't think too much about it. Next time the ball in the air, just, just try to attack the ball. Um, try to let that one go. Just like the corners tell me all the time, just put it behind you. And I think that's probably that's one thing I'm probably trying to start working on. It's kind of like when the play's over with, just kind of put it behind you because that play was still lingering. A couple of plays later down the, down the road, I'm still thinking about it. And everybody know they like let it go, Peanut. Just let it go. But I just tell people like I got a I got a chip on my shoulder. I got a I got a certain type of ego when I step on that field, and uh, just got to continue to work at work at my craft and just be able to. I think that's one thing is my emotions. It's kind of like plays like that. If I can't get it, just let it go. Let's 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 work on the next one. It sounds like you're a pretty emotional player then on the field. Yeah. Like really, is really that, emotional. but it, can that be a positive and a negative? Like I could think the positive of it is is you put it all out there. Like yeah. you bring everything you have and you put it all out on the field. But then I guess the negative is what you're talking about that it could it can linger. It can it can, but I think that's one thing about the council and my teammates. They know me well enough. They could they get me out of it quick. So they know my body language. They know my attitude. They know how I move. They know when something's wrong, and they'll come and approach me. That's one thing that with, with us is that we try to we try to build a brotherhood. It's like you could come talk to me. So if my teammates come to talk to me, I open up and I calm down, and I relax, and I go back out there and let's play ball. So that's one thing that we that we have built here that, right. that relationship. So so I have a better mental image for you to get you over this whole KC thing. Okay? <laughs> All right, last year Browns week seventeen. Who is it that drops back and picks off Baker Mayfield with the game online? CJ Mosley. This time Baker fourth down <laughs> in our stadium. <laughs> Peanut dropping back picks him off for the game winner. How's that one? I like that. I like that a lot. That was great. Well, you know, th- there is like symmetry there because CJ exactly. was an inch or so away on that Tyree kill play. That's last true. Year. That's very yeah. true. And then he made the play. Yeah, he did. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, we always like to say when guys come on the podcast, we call it the podcast bump. Typically, after coming on the podcast, they have a really good game, a really good stretch of games. First two guys on this year, Lamar, Mark Andrews. That's true. Uh, hey. Let's not jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> so just just talk about, you know, stepping in for CJ. And, uh, you know, first, what was it like when he left? I'm sure you were surprised like the rest of us were. And then, you know, what what has that transition been like for you? 
just just with CJ being here just uh helped my game a lot. Just me looking up to him and just how he studies his playbook and how he learns and little things like that. His alignments, what he's looking at. Um, he'll he'll get tired of me because I call him every day, call him off the field. Uh, when I'm at home, if I see some or whatever. So still today, you're saying or nah, last year? it'll be last year. Right, but right, we right. still we still communicate a lot right now. Uh-huh. Um, but last year I always call him, ask him. And he probably. I asked him a thousand questions. He probably get mad, like, stop asking me the same question. Or but uh, yeah, CJ's been a good role model. Just filling his, filling in, filling in those shoes. Uh, I feel like all our backers, uh, we got, we gotta, we gotta fill in that spot. Uh, we gotta play together. Um, we don't got that that big time leader in the middle no more. So I feel like we all have to come together and play together. Um, and that's what me playing with any position they want me to play on the field. I heard – I can't remember who said it, but somebody said – was asked, who watches the most film? And they said you. Of anybody on the team, you're just a total film junkie. When did that – have you always been that way? When did that start? And I can kind of attest to this because I was waiting to ask – you, you know film guys? No. I was waiting for Peanut to ask him if he was going to do this podcast. <laughs> I was waiting for – Two hours down there. And everybody was like, yeah, he's still talking to Wink. Everybody's leaving for the day. See you later. I was like, you seen Peanut anywhere? He's like, I think he's still in Wink's office. So just where did that come from? Uh, it came from it came from just wanting to learn. Uh, like CJ and the older guys, Levine, TJ, E-Dub, Sis, just wanted to learn. Uh, same thing with Judon. Uh, we just wanted to be in our playbooks. Uh, I think the guys, especially after a game or something, are coming back home from a, from a away game. They like, dang, Pina, you still watching film? You been on a plane for two hours? Or you st-? I like, cause they they hate watching film with me, cause I'll rewind the same play like fifteen times to look <laughs> at everything, and just try to just try to like absorb stuff and see what I'm seeing like in this moment, or see like if I could have seen something different, or if I could have moved somebody else, or we could have been in a different front if that would have worked. Just visualizing um, the play over and over and over, uh, they get they get kind of mad at me when they watch film with me. But, uh, <laughs> It's all right though, as long as we learn. It's, it's cool. <laughs> at, at what point, when when CJ leaves and you become, you know, the guy in the middle of this defense, like at what point do you feel kind of comfortable being that voice, that leader, that person in the middle of the defense? Because, you know, when you first got here, you're a quiet guy, and it seems like, honestly, more than anybody else that I can remember, the evolution that you've gone through over your time here just stands out to me. You're more vocal. You seem more comfortable doing interviews like this. Like, everything, you just seem to have grown in a big way. At what point did you kind of feel feel comfortable being a leader, a key member of this defense? Um, I'll probably say I'll probably say last year with CJ here, I think that's probably when I tried to start working on it. Just um, just communicate. When, when we call to play, CJ say it, and then I say it again. Just trying to go over little stuff like that, because um, it was sometimes during throughout the season, uh, CJ had to CJ had to go out. Right so now, they're looking for like that communicator, but I've been already practicing it, doing it in practice, so it kind of came kind of natural to me. I wasn't I wasn't nervous, just just talking to my talking to my friends, just let them know what the play is. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just um, just do it the way you do it. You don't gotta do it like how Ray Lewis did. You don't gotta do it how CJ Moses do it. Do it the way how you communicate, Peanut. So that's what I did. Just uh find your way of communicating and then just communicate. Right. I mean you you were the biggest playmaker on the defense's tail end of last season. I mean especially against the Chargers. Chargers ain't gonna Yeah, can we play the Chargers every game for you? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, regular season, nine tackles, two sacks, forced fumble. Playoffs, seven tackles, one sack, forced fumble. I mean, how much did that, the way you ended last season, it was the Falcons was a forced fumble, Tavon played too. 
how much did that boost you into this season with just the confidence of knowing, man, I'm flying all over the field. I'm making plays everywhere. How much did that help you? Uh, I feel like it helped me a lot, man. Just uh, just staying in my playbook, staying in my playbook, studying, just um, just try to be around the ball. I think that think that's my biggest thing is like by the time that film cut off, I want to be in the picture of that film. I don't care if I'm uh, on the other side of the hashes or whatever, on the other side, opposite the number. I want to get in that picture of that film. Uh, I feel like that's my goal. Every time the ball is snapped, just be next to the ball. Um, you never know what might happen uh, when you're tackling people, try to knock the ball out. I think that's probably one of my big emphasis this year is, like, when I'm tackling, just punch. Just keep just keep doing what you're doing and just try to just try to be aggressive. That's my biggest goal. I feel like that's never been a problem for you. When, when you were an undrafted rookie and you came down, I can't remember what play it was. Maybe it was, like, a, you popped somebody, and it was some veteran. Well, it was juice. Yeah. That's right. And <laughs> people were like, people were like, yeah. who's this dude? Yeah. He is. He just clobbered him. Yeah. I don't remember that's still that. My guy, though. That's still my guy. That's still my guy. Yeah. Well, did you see what he did to? Oh, uh, I seen that mean stuff. I seen it. <laughs> so it, for you, you kind of had a crazy journey because you get here as the undrafted guy, and you're and you're trying to make the team and you're out there popping Kyle Yusek on the practice field and now you're the man in the middle of the defense and now when it comes up the conversation comes up of like guys who could be here for a long time and get a big time contract and an extension like you're one of those players who could be next in line for that type of deal how do you approach that knowing that like a big contract could be on the horizon for you uh, I feel like with me just just one game at a time just keep playing a game at a time I try not to worry about that um uh, that's in God's hands and that's in the organization's hands. Uh, whatever happens, happens. Just, but I could do my part and just play football and just let everything fly. So is it easy to, like, not think about that? Because you it's know not, what? It, it, it's not easy, but at the same time, you got, like, older guys like Fee, mm-hmm. TJ, uh, Levine. Uh, I still talk to Bert. Uh, uh, same thing with Judah. Like, they tell us all the time, like, don't worry about that because it can't, it can't, it can't, like, psych you out and start thinking about other stuff. Just play football and it's going to – whatever happens, happens. So just having those older guys around, I feel like that helps us a lot too when it, when you get in those type of situations because we only in our fourth year, so we never been through that. So And they have, I feel like. Well, it seems like the message is resonating. You're off to a strong start. Judon's off to a strong start. Like it, it obviously seems like it's sinking in. You guys aren't making too big of a deal about it or thinking about it too much on the field or anything like that. Yep. So who was it that originally moved you from safety to linebacker? The Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> yeah, I never played linebacker. Um, coming out of high school, I played wide receiver. Went to Arizona, played a uh, wide receiver, and then my wide receiver coach at Arizona told me he was like, "Look, wide receivers are a dime a dozen, and safeties are special at your size. If you want to p- go to the NFL, we need you to play safety here for mm-hmm. us." And I was like, "All right, let's try this out." I never I played safety in high school. I was aggressive, you know what I'm saying, but at the same time, I wanted to catch touchdowns. <laughs> I feel like that was the the biggest thing, the catching touchdowns and stuff like that. But um when I got there and I was playing safety, they liked my aggressiveness. So and then I went to Portland State, played the same thing. Then I got here, they like, okay, you gonna I, I start walking with Chris and them, they like, You with the linebackers. I'm like, You said what? <laughs> I'm, only like, I'm only like 215, 210. I'm like, I'm thinking linebacker's supposed to be like 250, 240 or something like that. I'm like, I'm too light. Right. Yeah, but then Wink told me, like, look, don't worry about nothing. I'll teach you all the gap schemes and run fits and all that stuff later. Find the football and run to the football as fast as you can and tackle them. 
And that's what I did. And then he turned me into a linebacker. How scary can that be, though? I mean, you find you get to the NFL, you know, the dream that you probably had for a long time, and all of a sudden it's like you're starting from square one, you know? I mean, how tough is that? Uh, it is, it's it's kind of tough because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if it's the right position. You're thinking about a lot of stuff. But uh, with Wink telling me that, the first thing, like, look, I'm going to turn you into a linebacker, just run to the football as fast as you can and be physical. He get right there. Them words gave me a chance. Like, look, I don't need to know the A gap, B gap. Just run to the football and tackle the football, and you could possibly make the team. So that right there just gave me more hope to making this team, and I trusted him. Well, you're not you're not two ten or two fifteen anymore. How no. how much of that? How much of a change physically did you have to go through? And and did you have to eat a ton? I mean, obviously you're putting in work in the in the weight room. Like, was that a major focus for you? Probably between year one and year two. Yeah, I think. Uh, Wink was never really, like, um, big on it. He was just more like, I want you to play kind of comfortable where you feel like you want to play at. But I think I did um, throughout the season, my my, my, my my rookie year, I was getting kind of, like, banged up a little bit. I was feeling these hits that I was that mm-hmm. I was delivering and taking at the same time. So he was just like, look, just put on a little bit more weight and let's see how you like that. So I started end up going for, like, 215 to, like, 222. And it was like, oh, it'll keep going back and forth. And then I end up getting up to 230. So I, I'm kind of right there right now. And it'll go from like 230 to like 220, 226, 230. So I kind of like it right there. Just as long as I, as long as I feel comfortable, I felt like uh, Wink didn't have a problem with what, where my weight was at. And I, and I didn't have a problem with it as well. Mm-hmm. So you talked a little bit about your history, you know, Arizona to Portland State. And, uh, you know, that how, how that all went down. Can you just tell people what happened there and and what you learned, the lessons that you learned for that from that, and what you can kind of impart on other kids? Uh, you know, it got, I know it was a difficult time. Yeah, just um, just hanging with the hanging with the wrong crowd. Um, uh, just 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 doing stuff that you're not supposed to be doing, and um, just gotta I had to look forward. That was a big wake up call for me, and I'm to be happy. I'm kind of kind of glad it, ha- it happened. Yeah, it kind of like building me into a person that I am today. Um. Just try to just be humble. That's what I, that's the most thing I probably want to say. Just be humble because you never know what can happen. Just just hang with the hang with the right, the right crowd and be around the right people uh, that bring you positive energy and just um, just do the right things. I think um, me going to Portland State uh, helped me out a lot. I got to focus on football in school and just uh, just work out and do stuff like that and just have fun uh, and not do a lot of like the party and all the crazy stuff <laughs> in Arizona, but just. Um, Arizona's known for that a little bit. Yeah, it is known for that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just just having the right mindset and just 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 enjoying life and just enjoying the moment and just having a positive mindset. Right. I mean, I mean, there ended up not being any criminal charges there. I mean, you were arrested or whatnot, but it was all dropped. Um, and, and then you, when you got kicked off the team by Arizona, what went through your head at that point about what your football future was? Over with everything I dreamed about, everything I thought I could be, went completely down the drain um the first person that came to my mind was my mama like I let her down like her first son first first son thinking he could go to have a chance to make to NFL it's over with and like for me to pick up that phone and call her I'll probably say that that part was the hardest thing to do to let her know that her son just got kicked out of school uh university and just um I think that hurting me, just it just it kind of building me. So um, and then when I told her, she was she was down. She was down. 
But you know what moms do They make sure <laughs> They pick you back up And uh, stay stay by your side And that's what she did And just gave me courage And gave me positive energy And just, just got me back on track And I think well, uh, with her, I think that's one thing I love about my mama. She just, she just, she just, she made sure I got back on track, and it kind of, it kind of helped me, and it did help me a lot. And it's just the whole story is just surprising. Like knowing you somewhat from working with you, I mean, like you're just such a down to earth, humble. Like you would be the last guy I would ever expect to get in trouble. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, and seeing you with your family and your kid, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody kiss their kid as much. <laughs> as uh, so it, it's just so surprising. So just tell me what. What you have told kids about that and, um, you know, what you're going to impart on your kid, which is how old now? Oh, five months. Little, little baby. Yeah, little, little baby. It's like the same as my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it, I think it's cool that you're kind of rolling that forward. Uh, yeah. Just um, just positive mindset. Uh, whatever you think, whatever you think about thinking about doing, just just think about your future. Um, I think a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the choices you make, you're not thinking about your future, and then that probably will put you in a bad position. But you think about your future, you'll think twice and be like, it's not the right decision I need to make. And uh, I think that's probably what I'll tell the kids. Just think about your future, how bright your future can be, and how bright you want your future to be um, going down the line. And just just work at it and just let that be your focus. When I committed and, and stayed on top of football and, and studied and studied, it became what I wanted to do, and that, and that's what I'm doing now. You're one of the most active guys in the community on the team. It seems like every community event, you're there. And I know our CR department loves you for that. Um, is Have those experiences that you went through in your life, is that part of the reason that you are so active in the community? Yeah, correct. I, just, uh, I like to be in the community. Um, I'm saying I like to, I want to give back as much as I can. Um, uh, that, uh, I feel like that's, that, was, that was one of my goals. I was doing it in Arizona um, a couple of times. Like a, a lot of the food that I wasn't eating, I went back clothes and all that stuff. I went back to like a park or something, and I just tried to give pop my trunk and just get start giving a lot of stuff yeah. away to people that's in the community. You probably it's probably still on my Instagram. Uh, and I just feel like like God gave me all this ability uh, ability to do certain stuff. Just might might as well give back. So mm-hmm. nice, cool. Well, thank you, Peanut. Really appreciate it. Look forward to a, a lot of big things to come this season and beyond. We get that, you know, we got to get that cash on his chip on his shoulder. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Once you get the cash, I don't know if you can still be in the council. No, you might get a boot. We'll see if you stay humble. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Appreciate, appreciate it. Thank you, man. Right, thank thanks, you. buddy. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, well, really good stuff from Peanut, dudes. Uh, he's got a great story. And he's playing some really good ball right now. Uh, obviously, one of the Ravens' most important defensive pieces. And I expect this defense to rebound from the KC game and, and finish the year as as one of the best defenses in the league. I didn't know that he used to be a wide receiver. Did you know that? I did. Yeah. You know, on, as a receiver, that probably ticks him off even more about that play in Kansas exactly. City. <laughs> exactly. That's like a receiver play. I almost followed up with that question. I was like, nah, you know. <laughs> we just tried to eliminate that memory from his head. I'm yeah. not going to put it right back in there. Yeah. Uh, but he's a he's a really good player. He is going to get a huge contract when that time comes. Um, and I just it has been fun to see him develop and evolve on and off the field. I just don't think that like there's not too many guys that I feel like I, you watch over the course of our time here and you see a giant step. Like to me, he's mm-hmm. somebody that took a giant step on and off the field, yep. and it's been fun to see. Yeah. Coaches often talk about that, you know, they, they're the leader of men and you see how these kids, you know, I mean, they come in here, they're 22 years old, yeah. a lot of them, and how they, how, imagine how different you are now from when you were 22. I was a mature, I mean, very mature 
young adult at that time. Well, about 50 years have <laughs> passed since I was 22. <laughs> That's so true. I've changed a lot. <laughs> I sore my knees. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, he's he really has changed in a pretty short, relatively speaking, period yeah. of time. And like I said, a giant yeah. leap. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like Peanut a lot. He's a good dude. Uh, with all that said, we're getting ready for a big divisional game against the Browns. It's the first of three straight AFC North games. We got the Browns, we got the Steelers at this pl- their place, then back home for the Bengals. So it's going to be really, really clutch games. Here. I, I want to get your take real quick about the Browns before we go. But before yes. I do that, I want to make sure people know about the Wawa Kickoff Kid promotion that we're currently. Know. Yeah, tell so, me. All right. So if you've ever dreamed of having your child take the field at MT Bank Stadium, yes. Now is your chance. It's the Wawa Kickoff Kids sweepstakes. Each home game, you got to watch out for this, Ryan. Okay. We're going to have one lucky kid get a Ravens jersey, four tickets. What? A pregame on-field visit and a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to grab a tee on the field after the open kickoff. So if you see that kid yeah, yeah, after yeah. kickoff, you know, they run out there, they grab a tee, they got the jersey on, they're all fired up. That's the kickoff kid. And so you can— Brooks would be a good kickoff kid. Isn't he a little young? No. Dude, he can haul, man. He's got new fast shoes. I don't know. He's pretty young. Um, <laughs> anyway, you can you can uh, sign up for your chance to win this sweepstakes by visiting BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoffkid. Uh, great promotion from Wawa, so go ahead and get that done. Uh, we'll see a kickoff kid on Sunday against the Browns. So what's it going to take for the Ravens to win this game, and do you feel good about it? I do feel good about it. I mean, uh, the Browns have a lot to play for. They're one and two. All the hype is going to go swirling down the old toilet bowl if they don't win this one. Uh, but guess what? Ravens have a lot to play for, too. They've heard about how the Browns are uh, the the team to beat in the AFC North. They've listened to that all offseason. They're coming off a loss against the Chiefs. Uh, and it's just naturally a big game. Everybody yeah. knows it's a big game. The Browns are their biggest contender, I think, for the to repeat as division champs this year because the Steelers are 0-3 and Ben's out for the entire year. So, um, yep. so yeah, everybody knows it's a big game. I think the Ravens are going to handle their business at home. But the Browns have a lot of talent, and you just hope this isn't the week where all those pieces start to to fit together and the play calling fits yeah. uh, and, and all that stuff. Yeah, the scary thing about the Browns is, is that you you know that they can play better on offense than they have through Certainly. the first three games Baker's of the year. Baker's been worse in his second year than he was in his rookie season, right. statistically speaking. Yeah, so you know that could change. Also... This is a chance not to put the Browns out of it after four games, but to really put them pretty far behind the eight ball. And when you look at their schedule, they have a tough game coming up against 49ers on the road, but they get through a stretch there in the middle of the season where they've got some pretty easy games that are there. The Browns do? Yeah, where they can make up ground if you allow them to hang around. So just if the Ravens take care of business, put them behind two-game advantage in the division, really you know two-and-a-half games when you consider a tiebreaker, uh, that would put the Ravens in great great position uh, in the division, and I definitely think this is a game that they can and should and will win. I like it. Well, everybody, you can always reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net, and just like Garrett said, we're getting ready. <laughs> Cover your ears. You ready? Turn down your volume <laughs> for the yeah. win. <laughs> 